0: do you determine whether what you're hearing is from God? Today, in the conclusion of the Hearing God series, you'll hear how you can be better at recognizing God's voice so that you can follow Him without hesitation. This is the Brookwood Church Sunday Message Podcast. Today's episode, Guidance from God. Here's founding senior pastor, Perry Duggar.
1: That may be one of my most fond phrases. Maybe it depicts my life and I'll chase your voice in the dark. Anybody experience that? Today we conclude our series, Hearing God. And boy, I I have been so encouraged and um, thrilled with the responses that you have sent in when you have described your interactions with God and hearing his voice and what resulted. I'll read a few more today. Um, today's message is entitled Receiving Guidance from God. If you take out your outline from your part of your program, from Psalm 5:3, just a part of it. Each morning I bring my request to you and wait expectantly. Now, I want us to remember: I'll do a little bit of a. Reminding today, our ultimate goal in approaching God is not receiving instruction. It's not even obtaining a solution to a problem. It's cultivating an intimate relationship with him. And when God speaks, he doesn't just provide information or Give direction. He reveals himself, which changes our lives. My hope is that through this series of messages, we have all learned to listen more closely and become better able to discern God's personal communication to us. Is it growing a little bit easier for you? Or are you at least straining your ears to hear? Today we will reflect on how to hear what God is saying to each of us. First, let's consider how to request guidance from God. Then how to recognize it will be the second part. If we get there. First, we ask specific questions, and this will be from James 1, 5 through 8. If you need wisdom, ask our generous God, which means that God is willing. The Living Bible says, if you want to know what God wants you to do, ask him. The generous God is a giving God. You know, if if any of us grew up with apparent we did not want to ask questions to because we hardly got an answer that wasn't scolding our God is not like that he's generous he wants to give now this verse doesn't refer to wisdom in general the context verses two through four is actually facing trials and troubles so the wisdom that's being requested is how to navigate through particular problems. Now, many of us don't think God speaks. That child does. <laughs> if you're new here, I love children, even crying children. I had two, two boys and a little girl sweating all over me yesterday, all afternoon, it was not a day for outside play, but we tried. But as I said, when we began this, there's no intention, um, and you have my apology if you felt this, but there was no intention on my part to make people feel ashamed where they were. Rather, and I hope has always been... um, thematic of my messages is to draw you a step forward but many of us I I believe don't think God speaks because we can't identify times that he has now if you have a lack of confidence that God responds personally you'll have kind of a one-sided faith You'll believe some things about God and you'll say some things to Him, but you don't believe it's circular. But that circular communication is necessary for a relationship. Otherwise, our prayers can consist of sort of vague wishes instead of definite requests. And we won't recognize when He replies. You know, some of what we call prayers can kind of just turn into spiritual complaints more than asking anything specifically or directly for assistance. You know, we'd say something like, well, I wish you'd do something about this problem. And that may be an honest statement, but we fail to discuss the details of the matter with God. So we miss his precise replies. It's, it's like with a child, you know. You could, t- you could tell when your child is mad, can't you? Lips poking out, posture. Well, you have to draw it out. You have to say, what's the matter? Tell me what's going on. What happened? Well, God's that kind of parent. You have to tell him more. And when you ask God questions, remember who he is and what motivates him. Ask questions that you know he wants to answer. Questions that deepen your relationship with him. Questions that enable you to know him better not just requests to solve your problems. Ask how he sees you. I think that's a question God likes to answer. Who am I to you? I ask that many, many Sunday mornings. I ask that off the stage. And God will always tell me he did again this morning. Ask ask how he sees others, which might be, Perhaps others you can't get along with. Say, God, how do you see this guy? I don't like him at all. Do you think he's that difficult? Ask God what his desires are. See, sometimes we we believe in a personal faith, but our God is kind of like this statue, an upright blur. And so we, we don't, Think of God in terms of him having desires, emotions, attitudes. So ask him, what does he feel about certain situations or or problems? How does he want your relationship with him to develop? What is there that he wants you or me to see differently? You ever said that? God, what am I misseeing? What am I misunderstanding? And you have a different perspective that you want me to have. Ask him what he wants to teach you. You'll find God very talkative when you ask questions like that, that delve into the relationship. Ask him questions that allow him to share himself with you. You say, well, I never think of God as having a personality. Well, you never ask him any questions for him to show that he does. But if you have a sense of humor, where do you think it came from? I believe that God will speak, especially to people who want to know him. And in knowing him more fully, you will hear him more clearly, and you'll recognize his responses more readily. C wrote this. I'm a believer, I'm a wife, daughter, and mother. I'm a pharmacist. I'm the last person anyone would identify with as an addict, would identify as an addict. I suffered for seven years with grand mal seizures, depression, insomnia, and addiction. After praying for the rapture, praying for God to take me in my sleep and trying everything I knew to fix myself, I was done. I didn't care if he healed me or not. I just wanted to know why. I was lying in the ambulance after another seizure on August 4th, 2010. I prayed Jeremiah 29, 11, which is, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not disaster, to give you a future and a hope. God, I can't live like this anymore. I know you have a plan and a purpose for my life. I don't believe it's your desire for me to live another 30 years like this. Please show me what your purpose is for me. How is this suffering going to further your kingdom? After seven years, I got to the end of myself and my heart changed. I actually wanted to know why he allowed me to go through this and what his purpose was for me more than I wanted him to heal me. Seven weeks later, on September 25th, 2010, I woke up completely healed of everything. I felt joy for the first time in seven years. It took me a few minutes to recognize it. God had truly given me a miracle. Once I was healed, I began to realize all that he taught me during these seven years, and I knew he gave me this story to share. What I didn't want to share was the addiction. I was so ashamed, and as a pharmacist, I knew I'd probably never work again. I began hearing what I can best describe as a nudge or a whisper or combination of both. God God kept telling me I must be transparent, 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 transparent. For six months, that's all I heard. When I finally decided to obey, I published a blog post with that part of my story and shared it with others. I felt like 1,000 pounds had been lifted. People began to open up to me and share their stories and allowed me to help them. I'm writing a book now. I've been able to be very open and raw in hopes that my story will help others. Also, I did not need confirmation from God that he'd given me a miracle. I knew exactly what happened, but others were skeptical. I I didn't put out a fleece for God, but he told me we would have a white Christmas that year. 2010. I knew we would have a white Christmas. There was no doubt in my mind. I was born in 1969 and had never seen a white Christmas. I told my husband about what God told me and didn't think about it again, but guess what? I saw my first white Christmas in Simpsonville, South Carolina that year in 2010. God confirmed my miracle without me even asking. He knew I believed, but I think he wanted to use this as a confirmation for others to believe. Obviously, this whole experience has changed my life. And if I hadn't been obedient to him and been transparent, I would still be carrying that weight of shame. And I, and I don't believe the story he gave me would be used for his glory. Many of you have stories even that intense. And thank you for sharing them. When requesting guidance from God, believe that God will answer. Continue in James 1, 5. And he will give it to you. After you ask, he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. But when you ask him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Do not waver for a person with divided loyalty is as unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. The NIV says, believe and don't doubt. The Living Bible says, be sure you really expect him to tell you. God responds to prayers asked with faith and expectation. We must believe and not doubt. You know, perhaps we don't hear God's voice because we don't really expect him to speak. Expecting God's response to our prayers is an act of faith. And you know this verse, Hebrews 11, 6, It's impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him, including those who seek him through prayer. Even prayer requires faith because our relationship with God is by faith and his motivation is to strengthen our faith, we need to understand, however, that he will not often speak so definitely that no faith is required. So if he speaks and you have some questions, that's where you fill in with your faith. Praying with faith doesn't mean If we believe God will do whatever we want him to. There's some teaching like that. I don't see that teaching from the scripture. We do believe God will definitely answer. That's based on his relationship with us. But that doesn't mean he will always answer yes. Answer yes. But always answer yes, no. And sometimes it's no, and sometimes it's always, and sometimes, and sometimes it's not always. Sometimes it's wait. And some of you may be in that waiting period right now. But see, you're not in a waiting period where God's not communicating with you. Wait is still a relational response. No is a relational response. 1 John 5, 14. And we are confident that he hears us whenever we ask for anything that pleases him. And since we know he hears us when we make our request, we also know he will give us what we ask for because what we ask for what pleases him. We all know that passage from Psalm 37 Delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. But see, the heart is delighting in God. So, what you desire pleases Him. God fulfills His will, His purpose, not ours. But what he does is he conforms our thinking to his. That's what transformation is in Romans 12. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And when your mind's renewed, then you can determine the holy, pleasing, and perfect will of God. And once we're transformed to, to think like God does, when we have the mind of Christ, then our prayers will be consistent with his will and purpose. And so God invites us to ask what his will is. And then when we've heard to pray that his will be done, we can pray this confidently, knowing it will be done. Now let me say this though. As his children, we can ask for anything. You hear me? You can ask for anything. We took the boys to a toy store yesterday. You think they asked for anything? What you think, Melvin? They were grabbing things off shelves. They were gathering everything. This woman at the, I said, boy, you must leave here with a headache sometime. And she said, a lot of people say, are you doing all right? <laughs> That's the owner of the toy store. <laughs> but you can imagine these kids are going wild. But you know what? They're, our, they're my children. So they can ask for anything. They don't make me mad because they ask for too much. And we don't make God angry when we ask amiss, but that's when he answers, No, that's not the best for you. But he always answers. So even when I told my grandson, No, it's still in relationship. It's still in relationship. When God gives us his plan for our lives, it's rarely comprehensive. It it provides only partial glimpses, enough information to take the next step to keep us connected to him. You know, when Leanne and I came here, which was 30 years ago this past May, we knew to come here, but we didn't have any promise that this would result. We knew where we were going. And that's all he gave. I don't know what the next five years here holds. I don't know what the next ten. I think, under Brian's leadership, the next 25 years may be greater than the past 30 in this church. Let me read another response. Several years ago, I experienced a mental breakdown due to anxiety, OCD, and stress. I went through a period of weeks without being able to sleep for sometimes three or four days at a time. I heard God say he would sustain me during this trial. I cried out to God asking why he was allowing this. He answered clearly his day, that he wanted me to be strong. He was preparing me. I began running to alleviate and help with my anxiety and OCD. Over the past two years, He has given me several phrases. I want you to be strong. I want you to be righteous. I want you to trust me. I want you to listen. God has used pain and suffering in my life to get my attention and be directional changes to my life. I am growing humbly in my walk and I have become a much stronger person learning slowly how to trust him. He gives you enough to take another step. But to stay connected to him. He doesn't give you the end destination, he gives you the next step. And sometimes he's silent. Anybody ever experienced the silence of God? Sometimes he's slow to respond. You ever experienced that? Well, delay isn't rejection. Delay is an invitation to come closer, to listen longer, to learn him better, to continue pressing forward. Continue like this song said, search for God in the dark. Gosh, I don't know how many hours I've been searching for God in the dark. The first time I heard that song, I just wept because it was so typical I'm not, I mean, those of you that know me well, I'm not one of these spiritual people that has all the answers. In fact, you may not consider me very spiritual at all. But I've been searching for God. That's my walk, but I'm trying to stay close enough to him so I can find him. So we search, we press on, we ignore distractions and discouragement as our ability to trust him grows. His purpose is that we grow to desire him more than his answers. Then he provides both. When requesting guidance from God, determine to obey. Verse 7 of James 1. Such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Their loyalty is divided between God and the world and they're unstable in everything they do. The emphasis of these verses, this this part of the passage, is on discovering God's direction so we can obey. You see, if we ask for God's guidance, but, but we intend to make up our own minds... We intend to follow our culture. We intend to do what other people do. We'll always be indecisive. We'll always be unsettled. So we really shouldn't expect God to answer at all. If we intend to view God's response to our prayer as an opinion to consider, we shouldn't expect a response. God doesn't offer opinions. God makes assignments. He doesn't offer suggestions. He speaks truth. God's not simply looking for people who are willing to listen. He wants a believing response. 1 John 3. Dear friends, if we don't feel guilty, we can come to God with bold confidence in other words, we've confessed our sin, so that separation caused by sin is removed. And we will receive from him whatever we ask because we obey him and do the things that please him. Hearing God always requires faith to do what we hear. And if we're in doubt about what we hear, that's okay Ask God to clarify whether your impression is true. A few weeks ago, I gave you five questions to ask to determine whether you were hearing from God. And he will confirm. And he'll do it in one of these many ways he speaks. By the Spirit, by the Bible, by other people, through signs, through circumstances, and through others. And God doesn't mind being asked to confirm what you heard because those questions are steps toward him. When you say, I don't understand, I don't know what to do, all of that is a step toward God. It's not a step, well, I don't know what you're saying or I could care less, I'm doing my own thing. That's Those are steps away from God to seek other sources, when God speaks the most emphatically and unmistakably, and sometimes he does, but I don't think he does all the time, maybe not even most of the time. I think that he does when it's a situation that you might run away. You might have a greater temptation to resist, to reject, to refuse, Or to flee. But remember, our relationship with him, not merely our obedient behavior, is his priority. I hear a lot of people, we grew up in more old-style churches. Many of you did, and it was do this and do that. I think those preachers, those pastors, I think they were well-motivated. They meant well, but I'm not sure that's the way God works with us. God's not just interested that you behave. That's legalism. That's ritualism. That's not faith. Faith is relational. And all of God's instructions are relational, aren't they? When he talks to you, it's related to something he's working in you. Every response is personal, every response is relational. And our willingness to obey what we hear is an expression of our love relationship with God. We obey him out of love, not obligation. I mean, if you're, if you're in one of these, you know, I got to behave better, I got to behave better because of obligation, you're likely to fail at that or resent it. But if you can develop love for God, you won't even notice the changes you're making. You see, we don't just follow God's words, we follow Him. It's possible to do what God says without loving Him. It isn't possible to love Him without doing what He says. Another response. This one from Kay. Have you heard from God? Yes, on Tuesday, January 31, 2023. Many years ago, 20 or so, I played guitar and sang in a rock band. I decided to quit playing and walk away from that life. And back in July of 2019, Jesus wrapped his arms around me big time and my one-on-one relationship with him began. Not long after that, I promised God if he would put it on my heart to play again, I would sing and play for him, serve him for his glory. I picked the guitar back up and began to play and sing again. Fast forward three and a half years to Tuesday, January thirty first. I was going to play to be playing at an open mic night at a bar for the first time since I started playing again. On the way home from work, I'd been in Greenwood that day. I was driving home on Highway 25. That was when God spoke. He said, What are you doing? You said if I put it on your heart to play, you would play for me. I responded, I can't. I'm scared. And I'm not good enough to play with the talented musicians at church. God said, yes, you are. And you have nothing to worry about. I love to hear you play. And I've got you, so don't worry. Just so happened right after that, I turned on Pandora and hadn't listened to Christian music in a while. But today was different. What song was playing? Zach Williams, I've Got You, off his new album. I came home, made some videos of me playing and singing said a prayer, and sent them to Brookwood Worship on February 6th. I met with them on February 8th. Since then, I've been playing and serving at Celebrate Recovery and on main stage. I still have the fear sometimes, but I remind myself I am playing for and serving Jesus. And if I recall, all this was around the time we were doing the Joshua series. Stepping on that stage was my Jordan River, and so glad I did taking that step of faith and fully trusting in him. What about you? Have you decided to obey as soon as you hear? And if you haven't, will you? I want to give you just a a, kind of a brief outline on the rest of your outline there or a pattern for how to receive guidance from God. And it comes from Habakkuk chapter two. And this is a a plan or a pattern for hearing from God from that book. And it's unusual. Habakkuk is an unusual book because typically a prophet spoke from God to the people. But this book was unique because it's merely a dialogue between the prophet and God. You see, Habakkuk was upset about the situation in the land. There was destruction and violence, injustice, oppression, conflict, and mistreatment of the righteous by the wicked. He wanted God to intervene and he voiced his complaints to God. And then he went to hear God's response. The first step in us being able to hear from God, to receive from God is to withdraw. Get alone in a quiet place free of distractions. Habakkuk 2.1 says this, I will climb to my watchtower and stand at my guard post. We don't know and we really don't think that Habakkuk was a watchman over the city or whether he considered himself a watchman as a number of prophets did, as a spiritual watchman over that city. And so he was going in any event, to his usual place to where he would meet God. You need a place to meet God. Do you have one? If you have a particular place set aside, it'll help get you in a frame of mind as soon as you enter that place. Away from distractions, away from diversions. You say, well, I I have a job and I have to drive and I'm up early in the morning. Well, you've still got to make time. You either have to get up earlier or stay up later or use your driving time or your lunch time. Well, th- what if that's all I have is lunchtime? Then use that. Use what you have. You moms with small children, Lord, I understand when we keep our ch- grandchildren, I'm thinking, I go to bed early, I'm thinking, oh gosh, they don't have jobs. They're going to be up so early in the morning. <laughs> and so mothers with small children have to use the time when the kids are asleep, either the nap time or the bedtime. But I know you can't completely wear yourself out. The second step is to wait. Habakkuk chapter two continues. There, I will wait to see what the Lord says and how he will answer my complaint. So, so calm your mind Steal your heart. Listen mostly in silence. Talk some, listen more. After he voiced his complaints and asked God to intervene, Habakkuk waited for God to respond. The reason a lot of us don't hear from God is we never wait for an answer, we're always in a hurry. I'll give you a secret you can't hear in a hurry. You can't hear in a hurry. And the reason many of us don't hear God's whispers is just that. We have never taken the time. So you've got to stop. You know, clear your mind, turn on music if that helps you. Get comfortable, try to relax. You say, well, I can't help, but anytime I stop my mind, you know, stuff I need to do at work, stuff I need to fix at the house, something's going on all, the-. okay, then get a pad. And when a thought that you need to remember jots into, comes into your mind, write it down, write it down. Then return to God. The third step is to write. Record the ideas you receive when you're praying. Write down what you hear. And don't debate whether you're hearing God. Write it down. Habakkuk 2.2. Then the Lord said to me, write my answer plainly on tablets so a runner can carry the correct message to others. See, God's response to Habakkuk was really frightening. God was going to solve the problems among the, in the land by sending the Chaldeans to destroy them, to capture them. Chaldeans were Babylonians, to punish them. But the reason God said, write this down, is because it wouldn't happen until the future. So the the prophecy needed to be clearly recorded and distributed so that it would encourage the people when this time of judgment began. You know, for us now, we, we don't know where our nation is headed. I think all of us think judgment could come and we need to know what we've been promised after judgment to be able to continue to walk through. So when, when you pray, record what you ask and immediately write down what you hear. You know, when we considered this mission project that was going to cost a considerable amount and a large percentage of our budget uh, to support the work in India, we went off and, and prayed and we fasted because we had to hear from God. You know, we, we knew that giving that much money could actually bring the church into bankruptcy. And so we had to know that it was God telling us to do this. We still give over 700,000 a year. At that point, we were building a building as well. It was 1.3 million. And so we were taught by a man who took us on a prayer retreat and he would just give us a question to, to ask and immediately write the answer down without second guessing it. You ever tried that? I'll give you a secret. I didn't think it would work. I'd never asked God. Those kinds of questions are written down as answers. I thought this guy was gonna haul us up to the mountains and put us in the woods all day for like three or four hours, you know? I thought, what in the world am I gonna do? I better take a game in my pocket or something. (laughs) But he didn't. He sent us off for 20 minutes. He said, here's the question you ask and you write down the answer. Will you try it? Will y'all try it? it Write it down. Write it down. And then if you're, if you're, response is answered in the future or it's revealed progressively then add to it I still have those notebooks the next step in receiving from God is worship Habakkuk 3 2 oh Lord now I have heard your report and I worship you in all thank God for who he is because when you spend time with God you'll see his character and you know what? When you are familiar with God's character, you will be compelled to worship. And I know some of you said, I don't know how to worship. I feel stupid doing that. But when you see God, you'll be compelled to worship. Think about it. When I see, when I see my beautiful wife, when I see my daughters, when I see my grandchildren, I'm compelled to say something that I see. I'm compelled to voice my experience, aren't you? Well, when you see the beauty of God, it's coming out. Well, I'm not that kind of person. You'll become that kind of person. Habakkuk did not like God's response. It was judgment. He didn't fully understand it. But he knew God and he relied on the wisdom and the justice of God to bring about the proper resolution. So he worshiped. I wonder for us with a culture in flux, if we ought to balance some of our asking with praising, with worshiping. Habakkuk 3.19, he closes with this. The sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes me as sure-footed, you don't lose your footing, as a deer, able to tread upon the heights. As we walk through this culture, it is really unsteady. You can be as sure-footed as a deer because you know God, he has your future, our future in his hand. And we can be as sure-footed as a deer, even on rocky, unsteady, uneven heights. If we will spend time with God in prayer, we will come to know him. And instead of staring at the problems that we're holding near to us, we bring God to the forefront, the problems go to the rear. And we become compelled to worship, to praise. And as we do, we learn to trust him with our lives. I'm still gathering responses, but this is the last day. So I won't preach another message, on them but we are going to publish them as I said so send in only what you want published we'll use initials and you know you remember the questions have you heard God speak what did he say what resulted but you have to turn them in by midnight tonight because <laughs> then we're going to start assembling them into a book to hand out just a loose leaf I mean you know not an expensive printing of course um, and if you want to write yours out you can go to the, out to the information desk and you can write it out right now, but you have to leave it or you have to bring it back by the time next service ends. Father, gosh, we're thankful that you speak to us. Lord, help us to spend more time with you so we can trust you in difficult times. Help us to hear, hold us fast, lead us to obey. In Christ's name we pray, amen.
0: One way that you can spread the love you feel from God is by praying for other people. So here's a challenge for you this week. Reach out to at least one person and ask how you can pray for them. Then spend some time with God, praying for them and their needs coming up in our next episode we'll begin a new series summer in psalms to prepare read psalm 90 we're grateful you joined us for the brookwood church sunday message podcast today if you like the podcast leave a review so that others can discover how they can have a transformed life in christ thank you for joining us today and we look forward to seeing you during our next episode